Hey, what's up everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon, with me as always is Caleb, and we are kicking off our Sports Timber 3. This is our third year of doing sports movies in September, and we'll be talking about Caddyshack today, but before we get to all that, uh, Caleb, what have you been watching? Yeah, I actually have something to share this week. <gasps> um, So I... <clears throat> watch the two amazing spider-man movies with uh garfield yeah and uh first time watching either of those and oh really yeah i'm not entirely sure why (laughs) (laughs) but uh i had gone without seeing those so my wife and i watched them and she really liked them especially like all the different people that were in it um shoot who was his aunt may um, I don't remember. It's been a while since I saw it. I saw the first one. I don't think I saw the second one. Okay. Um. It was Joe Mama. Joe Mama. I really should know, but I'm terrible. Anyways, um, it was both of them were good. Oh, and... um, Sally Field. Thank you, man. So terrible. <laughs> Uh, my wife is way more on top of that than I am because she called out right away. Uh, I I think so. I've seen all of the movies now between um, Tom Holland, Garfield and Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire. Um, and Tom Holland is the, the Tom Holland movies are definitely my favorite. The thing, uh, the Garfield ones were really good, too. But the thing that really kind of bothered me was they were trying to make this big deal about Spider-Man's parents. And so they did a bunch of this extra storyline around his parents. And I felt like they just never really concluded it. Like there was all this void of plot holes or this huge group of plot holes and like things that they just left wide open. And probably they were anticipating, well, they left the second one open for more movies so they were maybe going to close it out later, but it just, I don't know. It took away from it for me. And uh, that kind of bothered me a bit because I felt like they were maybe trying to do too much, but they were entertaining. They were good. I mean, credit to them and everything, but I just felt like that element was kind of weird. So anyways, um, but yeah, outside of that, I didn't really watch anything else. So super exciting. All right. Well, I watch quite a bit of stuff. Um, uh, and watching American Pickers still, continuing on with that. Uh, and then the rest of the stuff I watched, I watched all on CED. <laughs> uh, I just bought like a whole bunch of CDs and a couple players, so I've been like testing all the disc because most of them are probably just gonna sell off or give away. Uh, so I watched Night of the Comet. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a fun movie if you've never watched that. It's it's from the 80s. It's like these, um, there's this comet that goes overhead in like Los Angeles and it like kills everybody that's outside during it, like vaporizes them. Uh, <laughs> the ones that doesn't kill, like turns them into zombies. Okay. And then it's like these, there's only like a handful of survivors and two of them are like these teenage girls. So they they like hold up in a um radio station, and then like the there's like this government uh 
branch or something like that that's trying to take them and they're going around picking up all these survivors and then like harvesting their blood okay yeah to start like a new society so they have like you know blood in case they need it but yeah. um yeah it's pretty fun <laughs> it's a it's a definitely a b movie it's pretty fun okay <laughs> um, and then i also watched brewster's millions which is the richard Pryor and john candy movie uh, that was pretty fun. I watched Mischief, which is a 80s teen movie that takes place in the 50s. That was pretty good. Uh, I watched Desperately Seeking Susan, which is Madonna's first movie, I believe. <laughs> it's got her and Rosanna Arquette in it. It's, it's like from 85, I think. That was really slow. <laughs> I like So with the CED, like, it's such a sensitive... Uh, format that they'll skip pretty easily. Uh, sometimes you can like back over them a few times. Like you watch the disc and you rewind, go over it. You know, reverse forward, reverse forward, and you can like uh even out the skips. Because mm-hmm. uh, it has like a protective layer of silicone on it or something like that. And, you know, they're forty years old, so it gets built up, and you can like basically cut into it to make the the groove show up again. Um. So that was the reason I watched that, because I'm selling it to someone. And then I watched The Sure Thing. It has John Cusack and uh, Daphne Zuniga in it. And that was pretty good. I I always forget how good that movie is. It's kind of a teen movie, but it's also like a romantic comedy. Yeah, never seen Anthony it. Anthony Edwards <laughs> is in it as, as well. Okay. Goose. <laughs> but yeah, that was a pretty good watch. I've, I've seen it a couple times. But yeah, that was all the stuff I watched. Not enough. You need to do better. <laughs> I have a couple more discs to watch that I'm selling to a friend online, so I'm gonna make sure they work before I take his money from him. But Give me your money. yeah, you want what? <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> oh, another thing I watched on CED is Caddyshack. So do you right. want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. All right. Welcome to the Bushwood Country Club. The membership's exclusive. You think I'd join this crummy snobatorium? The help is outrageous. The madness is contagious. Bad language, fooling around on the course, poor caddying. What is whole place? Caddy Shack, starring Chevy Chase as Ty Webb. Who is that disgusting man over there? A sportsman who really knows how to score. So, what brings you to this uh, nape of the woods, neck of the wave? How come you're here? Rodney Dangerfield as Al Servant, a big shot. My dinghy's bigger than your whole boat! With an even bigger mouth. <laughs> hey, somebody step on a duck. <laughs> Ted Knight as Judge Smales, a man of dignity. And a sense of fair play. I've sentenced boys younger than you to the gas chamber. Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan, a caddy who wants an education and gets one. You take drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall. She's got a bad reputation, and she's working hard to keep it. You want to tie me up with some of your ties? And Bill Murray as Carl Spackler. Uh, just a harmless squirrel, not a plastic explosive or anything, nothing to be worried about. He's not crazy about gophers, <laughs> but he is crazy. License to kill gophers by the government of the United Nations. And introducing Mr. Gopher as himself. You got to give me I said freeze, gopher! 
Caddyshack. It's all about swinging. Kiss me, you fool. But not on the course. Hey, you want to make $14 the hard way? Ah! Playing a good game. Catch Oh, he got all of that one. And talking a better one. Hey, I should have stayed home and played with myself. Taking shots. Ah! That was a bum shot. And making time. We couldn't possibly think less of each other. Controlling your drives. Wow! And losing your grip. Ah. It is! You! Out! Four. The man's a menace! Caddyshack. The comedy with... So Caddyshack is from 1980. It is directed by Harold Ramos. Uh, the plot is an exclusive golf course has to deal with a brash new member and a destructive dancing gopher. <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I thought that was pretty succinct. And this movie really doesn't have much of a plot. So, yeah, but, they did a pretty good job. But Rodney Dangerfield wasn't a member. No, not really. He was kind of, he was a guest. So they lie. <laughs> he wanted to buy the place. Yeah, because I remember the quote from the judge where he said, I'm going to make sure you don't become a member here. <laughs> and then that's when Rodney Dangerfield was like, I don't want to become a member. I want to buy it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I guess we get in the cast. So the cast, we got Chevy Chase as Ty Webb. Rodney Dangerfield as Al uh, Cervic. Bill Murray as Carl Spackler. Ted Knight as Judge Smales. Michael O'Keefe as Danny Noonan. And Cindy Morgan as Lacey Underall, which that name always cracks me up. <laughs> it's such a terrible name. It sounds like a porn star name. Uh, so I've seen this movie plenty of times. I'm sure you've probably seen it more than once. Maybe uh, I'm calling honest, it Honestly, I think I've only seen it complete like twice, but like one other time than this, maybe two other times. Well, this is, is definitely one of those movies that you can catch in pieces and be okay with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've watched at least part of the movie because it's been on TV so much and all of this stuff. <laughs> well, that's what the thing with this movie. Uh, you know, normally we start with things that are good, so I thought we maybe we'd start with things that maybe didn't work as well and they kind of end on a positive note. Okay. Um, this movie really doesn't have a plot. It doesn't have a plot until like an hour into it. <laughs> yeah. And then it's just kind of thrown together where it, it's like scene after scene of just like hijinks happening at this um, golf country club. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now there's like this huge wager between um, Chevy Chase, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Ted Knight, and then the doctor guy. Yeah, well, it's like the two loose plot points are uh, Danny's character trying to get a scholarship mm -hmm. and then uh, Bill Murray's character, Carl, trying to get rid of the gophers. And those are like the only um, things that stay consistent until the end of the movie. And then like the quote unquote real plot, I guess, comes yeah. out. So, And then it, the, Danny's plot gets tied up in it because... Basically, he's not going to get the, if he takes over for Al, who gets quote unquote hurt, <laughs> uh, then he's not going to get a scholarship. But if he wins and he's going to get a big share of the money. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, the plot is like super loose and just I don't know. This movie, like I said, is it's basically a bunch of scene scenes just stitched together. Yeah. With no like real continuity or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh oddly enough, I'm gonna point out one one specific part that I would say bothered me the most. And that was the scene with Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. Yeah. You know why that exists? Because they shot most of the movie and realized that those two characters never interacted. But they didn't need to. Yeah. And you know what? Um, uh, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray do, do not like each other. Like, did they not like each other before this? Ever. Or... Ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure why they had to have a scene with those two guys. And it really is like just kind of shoehorned in there. It makes absolutely no sense. Like, yeah. why is Tayo practicing at night? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you play golf? You can't play golf at night. Yeah, like, it made no sense. Like, at first I thought, because it had been a while since I'd seen it, that Ty was, like, nervous or something because money was on the game and maybe he was having, like, a... Oh, crap, what is it? There's different terms for the yips or whatever yeah. people call it. Um, But then he wound up playing fine. But then he was practicing in the middle of the night for, like, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, I always laugh too because like he's an amazing golfer but then when it comes to the the game where all the money's on the line he doesn't do as well as he normally does yeah right he just kind of chokes he, he's like the, the Toronto Maple Leafs of golf <laughs> he's awesome in the regular season but when the money's on the line he chokes wah, wah. Uh, uh, another thing I thought was really kind of bad was Danny's girlfriend who's supposed to be like Scottish or something like that. Her accent is totally fake and horrible. <laughs> the part where she yells tanks for nothing <laughs> always makes me roll my eyes. It <sighs> uh, like not to be that kind of guy, but could they find like a, a less attractive, less feminine woman? I mean, she well, was she was average looking, but she was not feminine at all. Like she had the short, short haircut. And I don't know, she could have passed as a boy if she didn't have such a soft voice. Yeah, the um that was kind of an interesting choice to chop her hair like that. I mean Danny's kind of a goony looking guy, so it makes sense. Yeah, I mean I, I think they were going for the stark contrast between her and the Lacey character, but yeah. They, I don't think they needed to really chop her. I don't know. Maybe that that wasn't their choice. Maybe that's just the hair style that she had, and they went with it. But maybe. Uh, so uh, things that were good. Um, Chevy Chase is pretty good in this movie. Yeah, his character. Um, you got to see some of the things that he would go on to use in some of his later movies, like the Vacation series. Uh, you know, he's not as doofy as he is as Clark Griswold. He's more with it and the cocky, arrogant, I'm smarter than you and I know it, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Which is, I think, kind of way Chevy Chase is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a the scene towards the end where um, Rodney Dangerfield says to him and he's like, I don't get it. He's like, I'm terrible. It's like, I'm way better than this. I'm, I'm I'm bringing us down, and and Chevy's just like, 
oh, don't be so hard on yourself. You're not, you're not good. <laughs> <laughs> like that always cracks me up. Yeah, I mean Rodney Dangerfield. Um, this was like his really like his first movie role. Oh, okay. Which, yeah, you can kind of tell he's really not acting. He's just being Rodney, mm-hmm. which is the way he was in all, all of his movies. Uh, this character is very similar to the one he had in Back to School. Yeah. Where he's just a you know, super rich guy. He walks around. He's always like super twitchy and shaky. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like throwing out money and insulting people and like here buy yourself a personality here get yourself a haircut <laughs> yeah no he he was good like um i i'm probably letting a little bit of my own personal opinion in on this but um he was good i don't know if i would label um his part as being great yeah i know you're not like a, a huge rodney fan yeah, like I, I'm not against him or anything. Like he was funny and he fit in great in the movie, but yeah, it's uh, more of a good category for me than a great. See, and I have Bill Murray in my good category, where I, you know, I liked what they did with it, but at times he was just really, really doofy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's kind of goes with Bill Murray a little bit, and it the way this movie is set up. Yeah, I think he would have done a lot, but his character would have been a lot better if that Chevy Chase scene was eliminated. Yeah, I think so. So the stuff with him trying to get the gopher is pretty funny, and it's one of the most memorable things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that we'll get to that when we talk about favorite scenes and stuff. Um, I will say that my favorite part of this movie and who I thought was the best in the movie is Ted Knight. Mm-hmm. I feel like if it wasn't for him, this movie wouldn't work. I think he kind of kept it grounded because he's, you know, he's kind of the straight man. Uh, if there is a straight man in Caddyshack, where you know he's the straight laced guy, wants everything by the rules, and he has to deal with like all these wacky idiots, mm-hmm. and he just like loses his mind all the time. And he's got some of the best quotes, uh, especially with him and Rodney together, and him and his. Um, it's like grandson or nephew or something like that. Spalding. Yeah, grandson. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I think. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff with him is hilarious too. I got a lot of that in my quotes, but. Um, what do you have as great? For scenes. Uh yeah, for scenes or quotes or anything like that, most memorable moments. Um. Well, to roll off of your Ted Knight comment, I do agree. Uh, he was great. It is kind of interesting to think about because I feel like there could have been he could have been interchanged with some actors potentially. I mean, definitely how Ted Knight captured it though was really great. I mean, I think of you know like uh, the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day, yeah, day off. Um, you know that there some people could swap and still kind of keep that emotion in there and that that comedy of as you were saying kind of like the straight man role where he's a big rule follower well he cheats but he's a rule follower air quotes and wants everybody else to do stay in line and do what they're told Mm -hmm. but um yeah as far as uh scenes definitely the one that always is unforgettable for me is the 
pool scene. <laughs> yes. So the whole um caddies going in the pool for like what was it like 15 minutes and just yeah because it says like uh it says pool that is this caddy day 11 to 11 15 or something like that. yeah <laughs> so yeah that i mean that's always funny and just i mean you can't you can't forget it and then of course the classic uh candy bar in the pool <laughs> duty <laughs> and then uh, bill murray being the one to find it and take a bite out of it yeah he's like it's okay it's all right <laughs> and then he takes a bite out of it <laughs> and then uh judge smales wife passes out yeah oh gosh i guess um my favorite scene would probably have to be the big dinner party they have and rodney's just going around doing his normal shtick where you know it's always these hoity-toity people and then he's just um you know fish out of water Mm -hmm. he's not gonna change who he is and he's just crude and obnoxious and you know he goes he rips one at the table and everybody just like stops and he's like oh did somebody step on a duck (laughs) (laughs) uh and then he goes and he's like he's he doesn't he like he calls Judge Spales like a lawn jockey or something like that for the clothes he's wearing, and then he says to his wife, "She's he's like oh, he's like I bet you were really something before the war, <laughs> or before electricity or something like that." He's like you're a lot of woman. How would you like to make fourteen dollars the hard way? I think uh, uh, my favorite quote of his is when he first showed up and he was in the golf shop. Yeah. And he was talking about the worst looking hat he ever saw. Yes. And he's like, Oh, I bet you when when you buy a hat like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup. And then he looks over at Ted Knight's wearing it. And then Rodney's just like, Oh, but it looks good on you. Yeah, and he rolls his eyes. Yeah. Uh, another funny quote from the dinner party is where he says to Danny's girlfriend, he's like, Tell the chef this is low grade dog food. I've had, her, I've had better food at a ball game. This still has marks on it where the jockey was whipping it. <laughs> <laughs> During that, too, we get some funny stuff where Danny's, like, bussing tables, and he's, like, putting a whole bunch of butter on Lacey's plate, and he's just, like, staring at her, and she, like, looks down, and he's got, like, a mountain of butter. She's like, I think we're good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, uh, funny quotes. Is there any quotes you had outside of the the duty and pool party? Um, yeah, uh, kind of overlooked one from Chevy Chase when he's talking to Danny, and he just, I, I feel like I've overlooked it so many times, and maybe this is the only time that I've really caught it and recognized it. But when they were, when Chevy Chase was golfing and Danny was catting. And so Chevy Chase was just like, do you do drugs, Danny? And Danny just like instantly is just like every day. And Chevy Chase was like, good. Then what's your problem? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just like so quick. If you're not paying attention, you can completely mess it. Uh, yeah, that, that's those, those quick, snappy Chevy Chase lines that you might notice on your second or third viewing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Another scene too we didn't talk about is when he was putting and he 
had a blindfold on. But he's just like sinking shot after shot. Yeah. The <laughs> that's kind of a memorable thing in this movie. Uh oh, another hilarious scene is when uh Carl gets roped into being the caddy for the priest. And he's like he's like, I want to get nine holes in before um the storm starts and it's like pouring down rain and and Carl's just like, you know, I think the worst of it's is still a bit off. I was like, I think you're okay. <laughs> it's like a complete thunderstorm. And he gets he gets struck by lightning and screams rat farts. <laughs> uh, like that's just one of those stupid things. And the, oh, the hilarious part about that too is that Carl just drops his bag of clubs and runs off. <laughs> yeah, and then they never discuss it again. Yeah. And then like you show see the priest show up later on, you know he's an alcoholic. Um, I, I, some of the quotes I got here you know, I talked about the dinner party and everything and uh, you already mentioned the ugliest hat I've ever seen um, when he first shows up and he first starts playing golf and he's got um, Denunzio is that his name the rival caddy of Danny yeah um... he's like the Italian guy He's like carrying the uh, Al's huge uh, bag of clubs, and he's like, "Man, he's like, what do you got, bricks in here?" And and Rodney says, "He's like, what are you complaining about?" He's like, "When I was your your age, I had to, you know, the typical walk five miles of school uphill and everything." And, and then Zio's like, "Yeah, and so what?" And Rodney's like, "So what? So let's dance." And then he turns the radio on. <laughs> And he's got built into it, and it plays uh, "Any Way You Want It" by Journey, <laughs> which just makes Ted Knight rage. Of course. Uh, and then Rodney's crazy dance during it always cracks me up. And <laughs> when I worked at the grocery store in high school, there was this friend I had at the store that could do that Rodney dance like perfectly. <laughs> and every time the song would come out of the radio at work, he'd do that, and it always cracked me up. That's hilarious. Um. And then I got a couple of my favorite uh, Judge Smales moments. Yeah, the first time that Rodney shows up and he's just like pissing Judge Smales off and they're like got none of the first the front nine holes and they're going to like the snack stand and Spaulding's like, I want a hot dog. No, I want a hamburger. No, maybe a cheeseburger. And then Judge Smales is like, you'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> Uh, you know what knocked that well man. okay maybe it wasn't a direct knockoff but you know what i always think of with that uh, family guy there was the episode where stewie uh teleports the star trek cast to him oh, yeah. and they all go through the drive-thru together and then Do they Will still have we... the big dlt <laughs> they haven't had that in like 20 years well i'm just saying they have all the stuff to make it Will Maybe Whedon just ask? Yeah, Will Whedon was in the back, and he's just like, "Oh, I want this, I want this, I want this." And then Patrick Stewart was like, "You'll get nothing and like it." <laughs> That's probably where they got it from. That's my guess. So, uh, and then another one is when uh, he's doing, he's like christening his boat, <laughs> and they're standing there, and he's like greeting everyone and then all of a sudden he just stops and says, Spalding, get your foot off the boat. 
I don't know why, but just when he snaps out of cracks me up. And then his speech that he gives, I always remember where he says, it's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts aren't too tight in the seat. <laughs> and then he just like does his laugh and like Ted's, Ted Knight's laugh was hilarious. And it wasn't just in this movie because I used to watch his sitcom he had in the in the late 70s, early 80s, it was called Too Close for Comfort. Mm-hmm. But he would do that laugh there too, where he's just like, oh. <laughs> and it just kind of like builds up. <laughs> uh, also, did you recognize his voice that he used to do um, the voiceover for the Super Friends show? The Meanwhile. <laughs> no, I did not recognize that. That's hilarious. He did that for a while, and then they had the other guy too that they did a spoof of on family guy <laughs> but yeah i mean the voice like ted knights which sadly he passed away before this like soon after this movie came out i believe i think this was the last movie he did hmm. that sitcom he had was pretty funny he played like a car- cartoonist or something like that and he lived with his wife and his two older daughters and then they had like this wacky neighbor but yeah typical sitcom setup (laughs) (laughs) uh that's dude that's pretty much all i got for quotes but i feel like we need to talk about the cinderella story (laughs) oh yeah with bill murray i mean that's probably the most famous scene of the movie where he's pretending that he's having, you know, a championship moment like many kids have had <laughs> playing any sport in their backyard or their driveway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he's, what is it? He's hitting flowers with a weed whacker, <laughs> like a manual weed whacker. Yeah, it's like a, a it's kind of like a mini scythe. Yeah, something. Uh, my parents used to have one of those. I think it was my grandpa's. But yeah, it was basically like a weed whacker, but it looked like a putter kind of with a blade. Yeah. Yeah. I used to play with that thing a lot when I was a kid. Super um, super safe, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the one we had was kind of dull, so <laughs> you really had to whack yourself with it to get hurt. But I used to chop like dand- dandelions and um, those annoying weeds that are like a stalk with a seed ball on the end of them, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that scene is probably the most famous one of the movie. Uh, oh, another weird Rodney quote is at the end after Danny sinks the putt and then everybody's celebrating and then Rodney walks up to the clubhouse and he's like, Hey everybody, we're all going to get laid. <laughs> what the hell is that about? <laughs> and I don't know why it just makes me laugh. Cause it's Rodney, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anything else to add? I don't believe so. Right. I'll jump into the trivia here. I got a little bit because it's kind of an interesting movie. <laughs> uh, so Carl was originally going to be a silent character in the script um, in the manner of like Harpo Marx. But after Bill Murray was cast, uh, Harold Ramis encouraged Murray to speak and to improvise. Hmm. So in turn, a lot of his stuff was improvised, uh, including... 
the Cinderella story sequence. Um, he improvised the whole thing only from two lines of stage direction. Uh, Harold Ramis just asked Bill Murray to imagine himself announcing his own fantasy sports moment. Um, Murray simply asked for two rows of mums, and then he did the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Which I believe there's three rows of mums. <laughs> so, uh, kind of funny. Uh, next thing I got is uh, the big hill at the end was built from scratch for the climactic 18 hole scene because the country club did not want the course blown up obviously <laughs> uh, the pyrotechnic people used way too many explosives which completely destroyed the hill and caused planes flying by to report the explosion as if a plane had crashed there oh, gosh which I noticed at this time like if you look at the smoldering stuff on the hill it does look like a plane crash <laughs> So Cindy Morgan, who played Lacey, has said that the oil massage scene with Chevy Chase was completely improvised. And when she exclaims that you're crazy, that was her actual reaction to Chevy Chase like dousing her in oil. And Chase's reply of, that's what they said about the son of Sam, <laughs> was also improvised. <laughs> so the rowdy improvisational atmosphere during the shoot created by Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, and Rodney uh, did not sit well with members of the cast. Uh, Ted Knight, widely regarded as a very nice man, got fed up uh, with the constant shenanigans. Initially, Murray's, Chase's, and Dangerfield's roles were to be cameo appearances, but their deft improv imp yeah, improvising caused their roles to be expanded, much to the chagrin of Scott Columbi and other cast members whose roles were reduced as a result. Who the heck was he? That is a good question. I'm going to look it up here quick. Because I probably should have got that, but you know we're not that kind of podcast. Oh, he was the caddy. The rival caddy. Oh, okay. That's, so that makes sense. Yeah, that's okay. We didn't need to see more of him. Yeah. So, um... Another one, it was improvised. Bill Murray improvised a scene with the young caddy where he's telling the story about the Dalai Lama, <laughs> uh, which he holds a pitchfork to the, the guy's throat. Uh, according to the actor, he was generally nervous during that scene because the pitchfork was real. <laughs> uh, so according to Chris... Uh, Nasha Wadi's book about Caddyshack. Uh, Roddy Dangerfield was so unaccustomed to how films were made that Harold Ramis had to gently guide him to make sure he was comfortable. Uh, the first scene that Rodney was in was the pro shop scene. Um, it was ready to go, and Ramis called action. Nothing happened. Rodney just stood there. Uh, Ramis asked him again if there was a problem and if he was ready. Rodney said, Sure. And then he called action again. Again, nothing happened. Ramus walked over to him and said, Rodney, when I call action, that's your cue to come and do your scene. And Rodney says, you mean do my bit? And Ramus just looked at him and said, yeah, your, your bit, that's fine. <laughs> so then he called action for a third time and there was silence. And then Rodney said, okay. Or then he said, Rodney, do your bit. Um, and then Dangerfield just kind of like, jumped into the room and started delivering everything on a perfect take so it was like the first take that they had of it <laughs> that's so 
so I from mean, then on, like Rodney, anytime he was in a scene, the Ramus Harold Ramus would say action, and then he'd say, "Okay, do your bit, Rodney." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not that hard. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess if it's your first movie and you have no experience doing like any kind of movie because he was yeah. just a stand-up comedian well no i mean like yeah i get that but it's just kind of like and i'm not like dogging him for it but it just makes me laugh a little bit where it's just like if he if the director comes to you and says hey when i say action that's when you go that's <laughs> right. pretty straightforward <laughs> right uh, so. who knows rodney might have been drunk too <laughs> we're hung over from hanging out with bill murray and chevy chase oh gosh yeah. uh so after the filming wrapped each day, most of the cast and crew spent the nights partying, which eventually took its toll before the end of filming as the cast and crew began to um, show up late for morning calls, holding up the filming for several hours at a time. Uh, and in a quote from Michael O'Keefe, who played Danny, said that cocaine was driving everyone. <laughs> uh, he said it would be it would be lunch and someone would say, do you want to do a line? Yeah, sure. It was no big deal. It was the 70s. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> yeah, because I've heard that this is one of the biggest, like, quote-unquote, cocaine movies. Which is probably why it didn't have much of a plot. <laughs> it was all over the place. Uh, so the gopher sequences were written and filmed after most of the movie was shot. Originally, Harold Ramis wanted to cast a live animal to play the gopher. But when it didn't work out, the animatronic gopher and its tunnels were created by special effects guy John Dykstra. Hmm. And the last thing I got is this movie had a $6 million budget and it made $39 million in the box office. Rock. So, grades. Uh, pulled from IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, what do you think they are? IMDb 7.2. That is exactly 7.2. Oh, snap. Um, Ron Tomato Critic, 63? 72. Okay. Oh, wow. That, so basically the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, audience, 78. 87. Ooh, dang it. And then I guess I'll go first. Um... Yeah, it's a movie that I've always enjoyed, and it's, you know, I know that it doesn't really have much of a plot, and it kind of jumps all over the place, but it's one of those movies that you can, it's on cable a lot, so if you're flipping around through the channels and you, like it pops up, you're like, oh, Caddyshack, and you can just sit down and watch it, and you don't have to see the beginning of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely one of those that's like, known for scenes more than the movie as a whole. <laughs> Uh, it makes sense that this movie was like flying high in coke the whole time <laughs> because it is, it's a rather quick movie too. Yeah. It, you know, it doesn't drag. It's a lot of stuff going on. Um, I also want to mention too, that Brian Doyle Murray was in it and we've watched a lot of movies with him lately. Yep. Uh, a lot of movies with Chevy Chase and him together in the same movie. Um, and man, he like aged a lot when he was in Christmas Vacation, and that was only like eight years, I think. Yeah, I, I shared a I shared a photo with you from this movie where he looks a lot like his brother Bill. Yeah, 
It really does. Um, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a movie I, I enjoy. It does have its faults, so I can give it a 5 out of 5. But I do think it is a, a classic and one of the better sports comedies. So I, I give it a 4.5 out of 5. Rock. Maybe if they built up the the caddy tournament like they were talking about and then had it be more of the end instead of the the big wager where Danny has to jump in that happens at the last second, it might be a little bit higher. All right. Um, what about you? Movie is crap. No, I'm just <gasps> um, Yeah, I mean, not to be too critical of it because it was just a fun comedy and, you know, slapstick humor i mean they had a comedian as one of the act, main actors um and as you explained with a lot of the trivia a lot of it was just off the cuff mm -hmm. um it the the plot thing kind of took its toll uh for me to give it a really high grade and but you did a great explanation of where this isn't really a movie you look at as a whole usually it's kind of like scene by scene mm -hmm. uh there were mostly great performances by everybody that we mentioned um there were a few uh performances that left you wanting in there that we discussed at the beginning <laughs> tanks, so, for <laughs> tanks for nothing um but yeah i don't i'm not sure it doesn't stand out to me as much as some other comedy movies um so i'm actually going to give it a four out of five and so that's not to say that's bad but um that's to say that you hated it we know i know just like the worst comedy i've ever seen in my entire life should burn and destroy it so no right um but yeah i i feel comfortable giving a a four out of five so yeah, I'd say that's pretty solid. Um, we're going to be continuing on with the sports theme, obviously. Like I said, a sports timber, so that goes without saying, but I said it anyway. Uh, next time we'll be talking about uh, one of the movies I watched countless times as a kid. And when we had the episode years back where we talked about our most watched movies, I think this was in my top five. <laughs> And that is D2, The Mighty Ducks. Uh, we covered the original Mighty Ducks. I think that was last year, wasn't it, for Sports Timber? I think so. So I thought we'd bring back our friend Jason again to talk about D2, because I know that he has a big connection with the series, just like I did. So it'll be fun to add another uh, person to the mix again. Rock. But yeah, so come back for D2 The Mighty Ducks next week. And until then, as always, be kind and rewind.